Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. Lord, I just want to thank you for every heart that's here tonight. Thank you for the sheep of your fold. No one here belongs to Shofar. We all belong to you. But what a privilege we have to have one another and and to walk under a family which we call Shofar, but we, we just say we are yours and we are here to Learn about you, eat your word, grow in your word, and grow in obedience. And so tonight, Lord, as we look to you, we look to grow. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Right. So we we are busy in a small little sermon series that we call Face to Face. Face to Face. Face to Face. Okay. Face to face, okay? And we're just focusing on prayer. We'll be carrying on with this still tonight and next week. And then we'll, we'll launch a new sermon series. But tonight I'm going to look at this idea that prayer is for real people. Prayer is for real people. And you'll understand why I chose that title a while back, we had a, a, a gathering where we just did some brainstorming as leaders, and we asked a lot of questions. We said, what are we actually doing here? And, and Brown stood up. It was about two years ago, and he said, we are real people doing real life together. Am I saying that correct? And uh, tonight, I'm almost taking that idea, and obviously what he was trying to say is we would like this church to be a church where someone can come with their mistakes and their hang-ups, and because that's real about you. What if we are a group of fake people faking it together? <laughs> Boom. I'm going back to Cape Town. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not, I didn't sign up for that. So, so I like the ring to that, real people doing real life. And in a sense, it's very true about prayer. Very true. And tonight, I want this not to be head knowledge, but hard knowledge. Prayer is for real people. We're going to read a portion of scripture together. Just where you sit, just take a breath. Hmm. Just ask the person next to you, can you lease? Okay. Don't feel bad if you can't. Real people doing real life, all right? Don't worry. But if you want to, if you want to, you can look on the screen and follow. It's going to be 12 verses, 14 verses. So it's, it's, it's quite a meaty piece of scripture. And don't worry to try and memorize everything as we read it. Take it verse by verse. I'm going to read slow and then we're going to dissect it a bit. Are you with me? Right. Romans 8 verse 14. For all who are led by the Spirit are sons of God. Now often when the Spirit, uh, when the word says sons, it's not being gender binding. Okay, because everyone has something to say. Okay, why does the Bible not say son and daughters? It shows how little they know 
about the academic writing because it's not gender inclusive. It means sons and daughters, all right? So they have a feminist Bible these days, you know that? And they, and they write, well, you know that you are a son and daughter, but all it is it's showing the women, it's actually patronizing them because it's telling the women that they don't know what the writer meant, that they have to write it out. It, it means sons and daughters, all right? So just tell, tell the lady sitting next to you, here, you are also a son. Just tell me, yes, it's Ian. You're a son, okay? Okay? Okay. Because sons received an inheritance. And when Jesus comes back, he's taking both the men and the women to his kingdom. Both are sons. Amen? Uh, I was not supposed to stop there. Okay. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, not heirs, okay? Heirs, erfgenome. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. In a way saying, hold on guys, hold on. Okay, what you are going through might feel hard, but it cannot be compared to where you are going. Amen? For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation, difficult section but don't tap out, was subjected to futility, not willingly, futility to break down, right? It's talking about even the creations going through a hard time. But because of him who subjected it in hope, that the creation itself will be set free one day. How cool is that? From its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Okay. We hold on to hope and in a sense the creation as well. That's the analogy going on here. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only creation... It goes back to us. But we, ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. Very important. It starts by saying, those who, have, those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are Christians, Right? And they are adopted. They've received the spirit of adoption. They already cry, Abba, Father. But there's almost like this finalization or the last chapter of our adoption, which will be the redemption of our bodies. So in a sense, our spirits were already saved, set free, pure and ready. But our body still gets older. Have you noticed? <laughs> okay. Right? But it's saying even one day as the spirit was renewed, the body will also be renewed. That, that's what we are seeing here. Okay? 
But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Okay. Oh, I missed 24. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. Okay. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Almost done. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray. Okay, we're busy with prayer. This section is a big prayer context, right? We do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what is in the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. This is crazy. You need to get this. When you pray, doesn't matter who you are on planet Earth, doesn't matter how the pastor dress and the tone of his voice, doesn't always know what to pray for. That's what Scripture says. So the man comes and he prays. The Holy Spirit is here to help him, knows what is the will of God, knows what is the heart of man, and then the Spirit prays for the man to God according to God's will. That is insane stuff. That's incredible. Okay? So some of you say, I don't pray because I don't know what to say. The scripture says, we know. All the angels says, yes, that's true for everyone. Just go and pray. He will help you. Amen? And then the last verse that we know, this is where we find this verse after this scripture. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. Okay, that's our scripture for tonight. We are talking about prayer is for real people. Let's get into this. Let's go quickly. Now, I've got a little bit of a base scripture just let's just read that again for all who are led by the spirit of god are the sons of god because they're talking about christians here people that know jesus and then it says for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry out and i underlined bolded and italic abba you see that right did it work right abba Father, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Some translations will say, by whom we pray, Abba, Father. Okay. Now, that word is an Aramaic word, the word Abba. And it's more, it's more clearly related, not Father, but Dada. Okay. It's got a sense about it. People that specializes in the biblical languages will tell you there's something about this word that gives it almost like a primal feel. It's like you know when you when you um, when you take your your little you've got you take your boy to meet their grandparents, right, or your niece or nephew nephew, and then the first time when they say opa and say popa, okay, or, or or they call uh, oma, they say nana. They just, they just choose a word and then it's nana. Then 10 years later, everyone, all the babies, is nana. So still it's oma nana. Okay. Now, that's the idea. What the writer is trying to give us here is that there's something about prayer that's primal in which when it comes out of us, it sounds like nana, dada. Okay. 
And it's very important for us that we understand why it's in there. Firstly, when an eight-year-old, when you ask an eight-year-old to say, Opa, then they say, Opa. Okay. And an eight-year-old knows how to go and sit on Opa's lap and to say, Opa, it's by Lifio. Opa, you're so cool. Okay. They, 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 they got the skill down. They know how to be sweet. They know how to open the, 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 the if I can only find the stash. Okay. But a one-year-old, when they say, Anna, of Popa, of Dada, there's only one thing they want. And that's to get their neck around the arm of that person. It's the only thing. They just want to be with them. Maybe they want them to pick them up just to see the world from their perspective. We like it even work off. But they don't understand different stuff. They drink that milk, okay? There's no sweets. And in a sense, what Paul is saying, something that's very powerful about prayer is the ability for us to come to God because He's our Dada. Before we ask, should we make petition? Should we ask for many things? Yes, we should. We heard it in Henry's sermon last week. But there's something about going to Dada that's very important. Amen? So when Jesus said, this is how you should pray, he says, pray like this, our Lord. No, right? All-powerful one. No. Maker of the heavens. No. What does he say? Our Father. Now, he's not saying that you should start every prayer like that. That's not the spirit of a scripture. The only thing he's saying in that moment is, if you come to God and you don't know him as Father, you will find it very hard to pray. Right? You can, you can start by praying, my Lord. But what scripture wants you to know is it assumes you know he's your Father. So when you say Lord, you, you know you're speaking to Daddy. That's very important. Are you with me? Just follow me here. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they might be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father, Dada who is in secret, and your father who is in secret will reward you. It goes on. And when you pray, okay, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. Those who don't know Daddy, they need to pray with big words. They need to pray with big words. Don't let that set a trap for your prayer life. Say, Dada. If you don't know what words to say, just pray what comes out of your heart. He knows. He understands. Can we uh, get to uh, slide 12? Oh, you were there. Were you there? Christians pray. Dada. Awesome. Are you with me? See if I own it lunch. Dada. Yeah, high five. Now, what? Just um, let me just shock you for a moment. Can I do that? Okay, it's going to be hard, but it is the truth. 
it's not saying you're not allowed to pray with other people because they say go into your room because these people used to parade their prayers out on the streets. They wanted everyone to know that they are great men of God. So they had, they had like literally a posbus or bicorp which contained their prayers. Long robes, manna, but it's like very long robes. And as the dress went out, it had prayers on it and they would walk like this. And then they would pray because praying is a good thing to do. And they would pray with their eyes closed. They would walk into buildings. And then the people would say, shame, look at how devoted these men are praying, walking into walls. You know, imagine you're doing that today in Chicago. I mean, the, the world population will, <laughs> will go down. And, and, and Jesus is not saying it's bad to let other people know you pray. It's not the point. The point is just he wants a real relationship. So here's the thing. People who have received Jesus as their Savior, okay, those who have been reborn in their heart, they have a private prayer life. Private prayer life. And I want to say this. If you don't have a private prayer life, it might be that you've not given your life to Jesus yet. Okay. I don't want to be harsh to you. I want to love you here the best I can. Someone once said, I was a little boy, I will still remember it. He said, this, the, the path to the hell is the kerk. Please don't let the world make you think you know God for your whole life. And then when you look back, you never did. Do you ever have a alone time of God where you where it comes out of you, Dad, I just need you. I just I just need you now. If it's nothing like that, I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you discover where you are, okay? Because I really want to help you and we want to pray with you. If it never happens that there's a moment between you and God, it might be that you have not yet met him. And then we want to help you. Amen. Okay. For all who are led, can we just slide 14? Our base scripture. For all who are led by the Spirit, what do they do? They cry, Abba. So, other way around, those who never cry, Abba, search your heart. Maybe tonight you can say, Lord, I want to give my heart to you. Amen? So, so, for you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Same scripture, it's our base scripture. But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry. I just changed my bold italics and underlining. There, yeah, got that. Now, here's the word for cry in that, in that sentence. It's the word kradzu. Just to tell the guy next to you, kradzu, kradzu. Okay. Say, say I know Greek. I know Greek, kradzu. Okay. Um, and... What the word means is to cry or groan, okay? Um, the Afrikaans, daarvoor is om te kreen, okay? A primary verb, probably to croak, as a raven, okay? So this is not just Abba, Father. This is Abba, help. It's a cry. It's a cry, to call aloud, to shriek, all right? 
Now, let's quickly go to the, some other passages in the Bible that has that word, because I want to give you an idea what it means to cry out a father. Matthew 20 verse 30 on the screen. And behold, there were two blind men sitting by the roadside, and when they heard that Jesus was passing by, they kradzu. They cried out, Lord, have mercy on us. Come help you. All right? This was not, leave him off my coffee, I believe. Okay? That's a, that's a different calling out. Okay? This, is, this comes out of need, out of pain. 14 verse, Matthew 14 verse 30. And when he saw the wind, he was afraid, Peter, when he was on the oceans. And beginning to sink, he cried out. There's that word. Kradzu, Lord, save me. Help. I remember I was, I was running a few months back. And as I was running, I was on the dirt road and I rolled my ankle. And as I rolled my ankle, I said, Jesus, because I, I, I've done it before. And I cried. I'm like, Lord, not again. Because I've been through different types of casts and stuff from rugby. And I, I made it back home because at the end it was a small little roll. But what I loved about the day is that the first words that came out is I, I cried to him. And, and I was on automatic. So for me, rolling my ankle there was a blessing. I was just, yeah, Lord, just help me to be more on automatic towards you. I said, Jesus, help. As I, before I hit the ground, the words came out. And, and in a sense, I wasn't comforted about my leg, but I was comforted about my heart. All right? It's gone. Who else cried with that word? You know me, you need to know where I'm going here. And when the centurion who stood over against him saw that he so cried out and gave up the ghost, he said, truly, this man was the Son of God. And Jesus cried out. Can you see that? Matthew 27 verse 50. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. That's actually the same verse from two accounts, Mark and Matthew. All right. So, we cry out, Abba Father. Can you see that? Now, let's look at that word just in Romans 8. I'm taking you a little bit on an academic journey, but don't plug out. It's going to be practical in a moment. Romans 8, verse 22. That's where we just read in that big se section. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning. It's a variation of that word together in the pains of childbirth. Number one, creation groans. So in a sense, the creation is crying out, oh, Father, we are waiting for that day. Okay? Number one, the creation is groaning. Number two, check out, and not only creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruit of the Spirit, we ourselves who have the first fruit of the Spirit groan inwardly. As we wait. Okay? We groan. Number one, creation groan. Number two, we groan. Number three, there's three parties in Romans 8 that groans, that cries out. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit, listen up, Himself intercedes for us with, there's that word, groanings. Too deep for words. Why is God called God Emmanuel? He doesn't sit and wait for us. 
Even though Jesus died once, the Spirit still groans with us. Daily as prayers goes up, God with us. The same place from which Jesus said, where he cried out, we still see it in creation, we still see it in ourselves and with the Spirit. And then the second point is this. At times, Christians groan or cry in prayer because we have circumstances that causes us to groan. And somewhere along the line on television or TBN or someone that heard something or Facebook, you learn that if you are in a position where you groan, where your world is falling apart, there's something wrong with you. Lie from the pit of heaven, from pit of hell, sorry. It's a lie. Christians groan. They get hurt. They get injured. And like Jesus cried out to the Father, they cry, Father, I cannot take it anymore. That sounds more like a prayer of a Christian than a prayer that's always polished. Did you know that? Because prayer is for real people, not fake people. And real people deal with real circumstances in this life which cause them to break down in their heart. And the cry that comes out is a cry. It's a kradzu, like the cry on the cross, like the cry from the blind man. So maybe when you see that, you will be encouraged today to walk out of this place and know, you know what, there's actually not so much wrong with me. I'm actually just a human being crying out to a God in need of help. That's a good place to be. Amen. We say, Dada, we want to be with him. But sometimes that, that word comes from circumstances that has pressed us hard. God knows how to work with human hearts. And you can ask, do yourself a little study. Take your book and ask 20 people here. Tell me about the time, the day or the month you got saved. And I promise you at least 50%, and I think I'm being conservative, were pressed by circumstances into the arms of God. And I know it's true because it's a truth about Israel as well. They walk away from God until the circumstances press. They go, Lord, we can't do it anymore. We, we're coming back to you. We repent. And then God comes with his hand. And so it works with most of us, maybe 80%. You fell in love with God because you needed a Savior. Everything else was falling apart. And you groaned, you cried out. Don't stop doing that. Amen? The realness of prayer. Let's go on. And we know that those who love God, for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. Now what you need to know is this. That verse is in the context of what we just talked about. Groaning, kradzu, crying out, hoping for things we don't yet see. It is in that uncertain, in that heartbreak situation that this verse falls on the cake like a cherry. That's where it belongs. We cry, we croak, we, we, we say da-da, da-da, until this comes to pass. 
So let me tell you something about prayer, and I hope it shatters maybe a wrong way of thinking about prayer and, and land a biblical view of prayer. And, and that's the following point here. Prayer is not a consumer tool, but an incubator that grows you into the image of Jesus. Okay, for the Afrikaans, what's a consumer tool? A consumer is over now winkel to gaan to gaan shop. Okay? So what scripture says is that prayer is not a way to shop from God. We must have all those things, okay? We must make supplication to God. Scripture says it. But it's much more than that. Okay? Um, one of my the greatest quotes about prayer that you can have, and you can write this down, it's not on there, is Prayer is not a consumer tool. It's a refiner's fire. Prayer is the thing in which God carries you to your destination. Maybe you want to think of it this way. Prayer is not... Okay, let me, let me just put this in balance. There's times when you pray and everything will change immediately. But listen up. This is in this situation. If you are in sin... If you are working against God's plan for your life, and you know when you're doing that, okay, you're not stupid, all right? God made you. doesn't make junk. You can think. I knew for eight years when I was doing the wrong thing, even though I tried to defend myself. When you're pressing against God, you will feel Him pressing back because He wants to help you, and that's a hard place to be. The moment you repent and say, Lord, I turn to you, you will feel a relief. Scripture says it. Repent and times of refreshing will come. Your, maybe your circumstances will stay the same, but in your spirit, something will be different. Are you with me? Because the prayer of repentance, kom nou na laat van mense af. En jy voel anders, jy voel asof jy die wereld kan oorneem. As jy om jou kyk, like alles nog jyselfde, wat het gebeur, jou gees. Okay, so in a sense, prayer can change everything in one moment. Right, that being said, in your life, on the journey God is taking you on, He wants to grow you. And in that sense, prayer is not an exit door towards an easy road. It's more the vehicle to take you over rough terrain to your perfect destination. Christ in me, the hope of glory, taking me forward. Scripture says it. If we see it, then there's no hope, there's no faith. There will be time when you'll be in this vehicle of prayer. And you look in this mountain, you say, how am I going to do this? I'm telling you in prayer. And you're going to get there. And when you look back, you're going to say, God surely had a great plan of my life. Shaped me. Made me into the person I am today. Are you with me? For you did not receive her back to that Base verse, you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we, there's a new bold italic underline, right? So you know cry means kradzu, crying out. You know abba means dada, right? Now we're focusing on the we, very important. Romans 8, check this out. Verse 14, for all who are led by the spirit of God are the sons plural 
Verse 23, we groan inwardly as we wait. We, I can underline, underline those weeds as well. As we wait eagerly for adoption as sons. The redemption of our bodies. Okay, can you see that? And we, verse 28, we know that those who love God, all things work together for the good for those who are called according to His purpose. Number four, last point for the evening. Prayer is also a family discipline. Discipline. Now, look at the tension between verse 1 and 4. Verse 1 says, if there's no private prayer, there's big troubles. Do you remember? If, if there's no private cry, please, please go into your heart and ask yourself, have you given your life to God? Are you His? Are you a believer? Are you a disciple? Are you a Christian? If there's no private life, Maybe you're struggling in your private prayer life. That's one thing. Okay, you missed a few days. That's one thing. There's nothing there. You open that door. There's nothing. Please come to Him. He loves you. The scripture says, whoever call to me, I will by no means cast away. So you have an open door towards God. Amen? But once that private thing gets going, the believer also pray with the family. But it's not to impress them like the Pharisees who walked into walls and stuff. Okay? It's to share lives. It's to, it's to say, hey man, I also struggled with this thing that you are struggling with. Can I pray with you and check in with you? That's, that's the function of the, the family praying together. Not to pray high and lofty prayers because I know more words. It's to carry someone. Okay? It's to help. Christians pray dada. I, I was specific with my words there. At times we groan. We don't always groan, okay? The Bible's full of prayer. There's times when we, we come into his courts of thanksgiving and, and where's Silna today? So I don't know what's going on in Silna's life, but she's just... I, and you, it, it meant something for me today, Silna, because I was like fighting my, I was groaning a bit. And I saw you like coming in and smiling. Because and, sometimes we're not always groaning. Are, are you with me? And because church often is, it's, it's happy, there's a band. We think there's something wrong with us when we go into that week or those few days where we do groan. And all I'm saying tonight is there's nothing wrong with you. You just have a heart that's beating You've got a father that's loving you, that's training you and taking you to become a mature Christian. That's what's happening with you. All right? It's not a consumer tool. So while you, while you groan and you pray and you cry out, it's an incubator. What's my spelling is still? Is that right? That's right. Google said it's right. So <laughs> It's a place where young babies grow. And in a sense, we have to admit, each one of us, we, we, in, compared to God, we're babies, amen? And prayer is that place. And so, open your incubator and look across and say, hey, let's pray together. Pray for me, help me here. Maybe you're just out of this one incubator and you see other people struggling. Get in there and pray with them and be there for them. Okay. Isn't prayer amazing? That's, that's the purpose of, of um, this sermon series is to send you home with the hope that tomorrow morning you set your alarm for 6 o'clock or I don't know, some people do it 3 o'clock, whatever. 
And then when you start to pray, and it's hard that you don't give up, but that you, you, you press through. Amen? Prayer is something that a disciple that a disciple does. And prayer is not when you feel like it. Sometimes it feels great. It's also a what? Discipline. The root word for disciple is disciplined one. So disciples pray. When they feel like it, they pray loud. and they don't feel like it, they pray louder. I don't know. But they get themselves into God's presence and go for it. And, and I hope that and, and pray for to, uh, that tonight that maybe you will just, oh, I don't know, breathe in and say, I want to do this. I'm going to get in my car here and I'm going to talk to God and I'm not going to look at my phone. I'm going to talk until I reach my home. Apparently there's a joke that Jan Loda doesn't have any petrol in his car because he likes to pray when he drives. And so he never stops. So, so that's also fine, okay? Um, but I'd like you just to start. Start, start. Amen. Can we finish this off? Right, let's stand up tonight and respond to God. I want to ask you something, to do something before I minister unto you guys and, and trust God to do what He wants to do. I want to ask you where, where you are standing, if you would just forget about those standing next to you. Just close your eyes for a second. And I want you, in your own words, to pray the following idea. I want you to pray, Lord, I want you to help me with my next step. Ek wil hee, moet my help. Die volgende stap in my leven vat. In jou eie woorde. Okay. Waar wil jy staan? Moet dit die dinkie. Sê dit vir, sê dit vir God. Beweeg jou lippe. Laat jou vleister na hom. Heere, help my my volgende stap te neem. I want to tell you one thing. I don't know where you're at. Because it's just impossible to know every story here. But I really know that God loves you a lot more than what I or your small group leader can love you. And I know that God will use His Holy Spirit and those around here to help you with your next step because He knows where you are at.